Welcome to Being Better Podcast, where we explore the things that make us happier, wiser, and more productive beings. Hi, my name is Julia, and I am your host. Every week, I take a concept, a technique, or a story to learn how it can make us better. I hope that this show can help you become the person you've always wanted to be. So, here we go. Hello folks, hello ladies and germs, like Tim first says. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast or welcome back to the podcast and thanks for tuning in. I hope that your day is going great and if it's not, I have something to brighten your day and to put a smile on your face and that is going to be my recommendation of this week. And so my recommendation is going to be one of my own recipes for a delicious tofu chocolate mousse because I realized that I have actually never recommended something to eat on this show and that is so weird because eating is so much fun I love eating I'm sure you do too and we spend so much time on eating and eating is something that brings the community together and something that we can bond over. So I want to share one of my recent favorite recipes, which I kind of invented myself, but I'm sure you can find something of the sort online too. So don't think that I am the great inventor. I probably have been inspired by something. But anyway, what I do uh, with that recipe is I take a block of natural tofu. It can be firm or extra firm or silken it doesn't really matter so I put that block of tofu in a blender and then I add a banana cocoa powder some agave syrup or, or any sweetener that you like a little bit of peanut butter a date and some plant-based milk and when you blend these ingredients together you get a very very smooth chocolate heaven in the form of a mousse And the thing with this recipe is that you can change these ingredients as you'd like. I mean, you can leave out the peanut butter or the dates uh, if you don't like them. You can switch the banana for an avocado, for example. It will give you the same creamy result. Uh, I've also heard that a zucchini, a frozen zucchini, is something that makes it smoothie creamy. So maybe you can try the zucchini. Or you can also add something like maybe some cashews or, or coconut. I really love this recipe because it's so versatile. And if you have some tofu and some cocoa powder, you can make something that will be awesome. So I often make this into a kind of a dip of sorts. And I have it for breakfast with some apple pieces that I dip in that chocolate mousse or a dip um, or you can have it for dessert you can also freeze it and have it like ice cream you can also eat it like a smoothie bowl or add some more plant-based milk and drink it on the go i really love this well meal because it's absolutely delicious but it's also healthy i mean it has all these essential amino acids because tofu tofu is a complete source of amino acids you can choose uh, how much sugar you want to add or what kind of consistency you want to achieve 
I'm sure that if you don't add any liquid and press the tofu beforehand and also refrigerate it for a couple of hours, I think you can even get a spread-like consistency and spread it on your, I don't know, toast or, or cracker. So yeah, this is going to be my recommendation. <laughs> I'm going to write down the recipe in the episode description. And what's great is that nowadays you can get these ingredients pretty much no matter where you live. I think tofu is available in most stores, for sure in Europe, I think in the States too, and probably in many, many countries. So yeah, this is, I don't know why, this is the first food-like recommendation on this podcast, but I feel like there are going to be many, many more to come. And now I want to talk about our obsession with numbers and I mean our as in humanity's obsession because we as a society are really like I said preoccupied obsessed with numbers in every way shape or form from our grades to our followers from the number in our bank account to the number on the scale these numbers surround us and we kind of put them on this throne the higher your grades, the your performance is, the smarter you are, the more friends you have, the more likable you are, the more money you have, the more successful you are. I mean, screw quality over quantity. Quantity in our society is everything. And if you really were of quality, you would have quantity too. But before anyone gets angry, I want to stress that numbers by themselves aren't bad. I mean, they help us quantify our achievements and our losses. They help us make predictions about our future because they also help us understand our current situation better. But I would say that somewhere along the line, we went wrong. We gave numbers too much power. And we let them quantify our self-worth too. So today I want to discuss some of the ways in which we are obsessed with numbers and also why it is so bad for us. Because the consequences of this obsession range from the problems with our mental health to our wallet's thickness or in today's world actually our online wallet's thickness. So now I want to give you some of the examples of this obsession and first I think the most obvious example is our obsession with money. We put so much energy into finding the lowest prices and spend the least amount of money as we can on as many things as we can. We can even go as far as waiting in a line at night before the Black Friday sales start. All of that just because we want to get that, you know, 20% off. And I'm also no exception in this case. I mean, I when I go to a grocery store and I can choose between a yogurt that's a dollar and another one that is, you know, a dollar and 50 cents, you bet that I grab the cheaper one. And I do that even if I feel like I could enjoy the other one slightly more. And also when it comes to money, we obsess over 
the amount of income that we earn. We compare how much we make to what our co-workers and our friends make. It's as if we cannot be satisfied until we earn as much or preferably more money than the people we compare with. I mean, even if you are well off and you are actually earning a decent income, if you see that your co-workers are making slightly more than you, you still feel bad and you still feel like you're not worthwhile or not as much as they are. And in today's world, another numeric value that we obsess over are the numbers of followers that we have on our social media or the number of views. We stress so much on the amount of followers that we have on our Instagram that a lot of people can even go as far as to buy these numbers online. And I think that is because we know that nowadays these numbers represent our position on the status ladder. They stopped being just numbers. I think now it's like they are our business cards, especially when you work as a freelancer or a creator. Your online platforms and the numbers that you have under your name are kind of the way we judge each other professionally or just when we make friends or relationships with new people. When we don't like someone's content, but we see these crazy amounts of likes or followers that they have, we can't help but be impressed and sometimes even a little jealous. And when you are a professional creator, I think it's even worse. Personally, I am not a YouTuber, but from what I've heard and read, there's something in the YouTube Studio app where you can see how your latest video compares to your old best ones. And these creators all talk about how they start to obsess about these numbers in that comparison and how they are willing to use clickbait or other methods that they wouldn't use otherwise just to be satisfied with the numbers that appear on the screen. And even if the difference between one video is really insignificant compared to another, really all they just want to see is that the latest video that they put up is doing the best compared to all the other ones that they have put up before. And another example of our obsession is that we track our performance in every area of our lives when it comes to sport or when it comes to our work or when it comes to our health we track our performance people are obsessed with the number of steps they have done in a day they have this magic threshold of 10,000 steps that they have to reach and it cannot be a little bit less than that we track our performance in other sports too. I mean, I always run with an app that tracks my cadence, my pace, the distance. And like I said, it's not necessarily bad, but we cannot keep, I at least cannot keep a balance. I obsess over these numbers. Our performance at work is also valued. I'm sure that 
you know how you are doing this month compared to last month and that these numbers in some way define your income we track our health we track the number we now have a number for the quality of our sleep we track macronutrients we obsess over the number of calories we eat we have to reach some sort of number of protein or carbs or when you are on a keto diet you have to eat only fats and there is this small number of carbs you can eat and we stopped being intuitive with our calories and now we have to track them we feel like we cannot trust our bodies anymore because we rely so much on these numbers that we lost the muscle of being intuitive with these things and another kind of values that define our worth are the numbers that we see on the scale or the values of the measurements of our body a lot of us and i certainly have gone through that phase too obsessively weigh ourselves and see how we gained or lost weight in comparison to the day before and we can do it every day and the thing is that these numbers can be so deceiving because our bodies fluctuate there is a certain percentage of water retention that we have and there are so many different reasons why this water retention happens weight is also defined by the percentage of muscles you have in your body or the percentage of fat you have and also measuring ourselves can also be very deceiving because like i said water retention is a thing we are bloated especially if you are a woman in a certain time in the month you are more bloated than you used to or sometimes just the foods that you eat make you bloated and there is no point in measuring but we are taught that you either weigh yourself or you measure yourself but you have to check and you have to make a spreadsheet and to see if you are doing any improvements if you want to be professional with your fitness journey you have to measure these things and I think that this is absolutely not the case but I will talk more about that later and lastly I want to talk about our obsession with round numbers so for example most of ultramarathon races are a 100 mile race or a 50 mile race but not a 104 or a 63 mile race no we always have to have round numbers we do 30 day challenges we don't do 27 days we do 30 days challenges we are willing to pay more if we have to pay two dollars 47 cents we are okay with paying two dollars 50. if you for example are tired when you run a 4.9 miles on the treadmill you are willing to go the extra 0.1 mile even if you are very very tired for some reason numbers just mean so so much to us and we are willing to work more and suffer more just to be satisfied with the numbers that represent our 
work, our performance, our appearance, our worth. And probably the reason as to why that is, is that numbers make us feel safe and they give us a sense of control. Numbers don't lie and numbers are predictable and they are logical. They either go up or down. They are quantifiable and sometimes our world, our emotions, our relationships, our mistakes and our failures and our successes are not quantifiable. So when we can see data, it makes us feel safe. I don't know how about you, but when I feel lost and when I make a plan or a spreadsheet with where I have been in the past, where I am right now and where I could go in the future, it makes me feel much more calm than before when everything was just chaos. Now everything has its place and now it is all tidy and organized with these numbers. And as much as I think that these numbers and quantifying our life can be helpful in a sense, I think what we are doing right now is unhealthy and it has come to a point of an obsession. But you may ask me, how, why is it bad that we strive to understand the world through numbers? And there are a couple of things. One is, like I said before, that because we focus so much on numbers and we rely so much on that data, we cannot be intuitive anymore. And we don't know who we are and how we are doing without these numbers. It's kind of as if we need someone or something to tell us how we are doing compared to the past or the future. We cannot judge ourselves, our improvement, our performance without these numbers. Because I track my runs all the time, if I go for a run and I don't measure and I don't see the numbers, I, I cannot tell if that was a good run or a bad run. And I think this is very scary that this is the case. Without these numbers, without seeing the number on the scale, it's hard to say if you are fit or if you are not. Without seeing your income, you don't know if you are a successful person or you are not. I think we rely too much on these numbers. And another way that this obsession is so bad is that it makes us forget about the main point and, and the human factor. It kind of turns us into these robots that are only focused on gain and, and growth. Because when we see these numbers, this data, it's like we forget what's behind that data. We don't think about what these numbers stand for. And in that way, focusing on the numbers on the scale or the money or performance or, or income, really whatever it is, it can make us unmotivated or overconfident in our journey. For example, when we obsess over getting from an income of $40,000 per year to $50,000 per year, and we check these values of earnings every month, we make strategies for how to earn more and we work more hours, 
we forget why we even wanted to raise that yearly income in the first place. We forget that we are doing this because we want to be, for example, happier. And what's ironic is that because we forget that we want to, we wanted to be happier, that's why we are working more and we work so much and we spend so much time at the office, we actually end up being less happy than we were before we obsessed over these numbers. So in that way, you can see that focusing on numbers in our journey can make us forget about the goal and even sabotage ourselves during that journey. And quite frankly, it can also make the journey so, so unpleasant and it can make that journey to be more fit or to earn more just miserable when it doesn't have to be that. And that is because, like I said, it turns us into these robots that are only satisfied when they see growth. But the thing is that improvement isn't always linear. In fact, it is very rarely linear. And sometimes you make huge improvements and other times that improvement plateaus. But when we only focus on numbers going up and up and up and up, we can become disappointed or anxious or even depressed just because we see that data from this month being lower than what it was last month. And right, this is also something worth mentioning. When we obsessively check our performance in whatever area it is, we don't compare it to where we were when we started, but often to the highest value that we ever reached, like it was with the YouTube Studio example. They don't compare your video to just any video, but to the one that has done best in the past. But with language learning or with fitness or with memory or whatever it is, the growth chart isn't linear and there always is a plateau. And when we don't obsessively check these numbers, the plateau is okay and we are fine with it. But when we do and when we obsess, that plateau is painfully in our face and it is obvious and it's, it hurts because all we want to see is growth and we cannot see that. And also this obsession makes us so stressed and therefore we end up not enjoying these activities anymore. We cannot just do something for the sake of doing it. For example, when I run, I'm sorry that I use this example all the time, but when I run and when I focus too much on that performance, i.e. on my pace, my distance or my cadence, I cannot really enjoy running just for the sake of doing it. It's like I have this certain threshold, this number in the back of my head that I have to reach or otherwise my run will be bad or slow or disappointing and this is how this obsession with numbers can make you hate something that you usually love or that you used to love and I don't know how about you but this is something terrifying to me and this is something that is like a cold bucket of water and it makes me wake up and realize that this is not the point 
And also, you know, the problem with numbers is that there is no highest number. Any mathematician will tell you that there is no highest value. So there is no roof and you will never be satisfied. You will never have enough or be enough. I mean, we have all gone through this. We have all been proud of our own achievements, only to be disappointed when we find out that someone else did better. And it's so funny in the way that it's so sad, because it doesn't make our success any less successful. And the truth is that there's always going to be someone better than us. So like I said, as any mathematician can confirm, there is an infinite possibility of numbers and there isn't any highest number that deems you as, you know, the best. You could be the richest person on earth and still want more money. You can get 100% on your test, but still want to be better. You can deadlift 100 kilograms, but you still want to be stronger. Numbers will never satisfy us because there is always room for more. There is no end that we can reach and be satisfied. And the last thing I want to talk about as an example of why that obsession is so unhealthy is that people often lie with numbers and lie with statistics. And in that way, we can easily be manipulated. You know, people say that numbers don't lie. And that is True, I mean, we, that is why we often take these numbers and accept them as true and accurate. However, it is not that simple because while the numbers themselves cannot lie, the people who present these numbers can and they often do. For example, we draw a lot of conclusions from scientific studies that are supposed to, you know, back up our claims. And I do that too on this podcast a lot. But we don't always pay much attention to how the study was done. We don't think about how many people they asked or did they call these people or what time of the day these people were called or did they send an email or did the people have to take a survey or were the group mostly women or men, what ages there were. And a lot of the times there is zero control groups within these groups, meaning that the information which is gathered cannot possibly be unbiased. I mean, you can conduct a study five different times and because the people are completely random, all these results can be completely different from all of these studies. And also the way people present information matters. The numbers can be different because percentages are sometimes less striking than numeric differences. Um, for example, let's say that a study found that women make on average, I don't know, $90,000 a year, while the men make $100,000 per year. This is just hypothetical. Um, and there are a couple of ways you can share that result. You can say that women make 10% less than men on average, or you can say that over their working careers, women will make over... $450,000 less than men. And lastly, you can say that women make an average of just under $1,000 a month less than men. So you can see that depending on what kind of reaction you want to get from people, you can use different numbers. And in that way, we can be manipulated with 
numbers. And another thing worth mentioning is that most of us don't understand how numbers work. And therefore, when experts like bankers or real estate agents use big words like compound interest or capital or sunk cost or derivatives or a 401a or a 401k, there is a reason as to why they use these big words and that they don't explain what they mean. When you don't understand what is going on or what are you signing, it's much more easy to manipulate you and make more money off of you. So this is another reason why our obsession with numbers isn't beneficial to us. And that is simply because we just don't understand these numbers. For example, we don't understand averages. We crave averages and we ask what is the average height or whatever it is and we want to compare with that. But when it comes to averages, they can be very deceiving because of outliers. So please don't base your sense of self-worth on the fact that you do or do not fall within the, I don't know, average area of a house in your country. Because there are people who have huge, huge mansions and there are people who live in tiny square box apartments. And averages actually don't tell us a lot. But... A lot of people don't know that and in that way we really don't understand numbers. And the reason for that is just that we aren't really wired for that. We cannot really comprehend a lot of numbers. We can imagine a hundred people or two hundred people, maybe a thousand or two. But at some point we cannot really picture numbers. We cannot picture the difference between a billion and a million. I mean, I, I cannot picture the difference between, you know, two million people and 500 million people. So because of that, we can make small differences bigger than they are. And we can make big differences smaller. For example, we can think of Jeff Bezos as a rich millionaire when actually he's so, 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 so much richer than millionaires and he actually couldn't be put in that category and the fact that he has the money that he has is really something bad and the wealth distribution in his case is something that we shouldn't admire but something that we should actually think about Okay, so I feel like I've been ranting for a while now. I hope that you can see how this obsession with numbers, as good as it feels, as much comfort as it gives us, is really not beneficial to us when it comes to the way we predict our future or the way that we understand our current situation. It is just not good because we obsess too much and we actually are unable to comprehend these numbers. So the best way to deal with that is to just let go, let go of the expectations, to go for a run and not track um, your performance, to not obsessively check the number of likes you got or the income that you earned and just to simply let go and not be dependent 
on these numbers with our sense of self-worth or happiness or being successful or popular because numbers can be helpful but we have a long way to go when it comes to the way we approach these numbers. So thank you so much for listening to this episode. When it comes to the insight of this week, I quickly want to talk about my meditation update because I, like I said, I have to use this podcast to keep myself accountable. And the thing is, I have made an improvement. I have been meditating, well, quite consistently a couple of times a week for sure. There's still a lot of room for improvement. And I guess that this podcast is a good way to keep me accountable. Um, I have still uh, struggled with finding the time or not making the time. Um, I have to say that I failed at doing it at the same time every day and I think that it might be still one of the biggest reasons why I uh, am not consistent and I really have to work on that. I think that, like I said, that that 7pm, which I talked about in a couple of episodes ago, is not maybe the best time. I have to, I don't get my shit together and find a better time or, or maybe do it in the morning. Um, so this is my meditation update. It's going okay, but I still have some room for improvement. And the thing is with meditation, I since recording that episode, I have found myself doing more micro meditations. So when I'm waiting or when I'm commuting or when I'm just sitting outside, I have found myself, you know, not reaching for my phone or for my headphones and doing these micro meditations and mindfulness exercises just, you know, for a couple of minutes when I sit, just noticing my breath, noticing my surroundings, the sounds and physical sensations. And it has actually been very pleasant in that sense. When I have been nervous recently, I have just sat and did these micro meditations and that has actually been very helpful. And one of my favorite experiences was that a couple of days ago there has been a huge storm. It was like a thunderstorm with some kind of small tornadoes and it was like, I don't know, 9 p.m. And I just went outside and sat in the middle of that storm. I have been covered under um, a roof, but I have been outside and I just sat there and I spent like over an hour sitting there just being aware and being in a complete awe of just earth and the storm and the thunders and the sounds and the animals being so quiet and everything was just so perfect even though it was complete chaos I have just felt within me I felt a sense of calmness and peace I don't know if that was the contrast of you know watching a complete chaos and watching you know nature being you know kind of angry in that sense if you if you give a personification to nature but I felt just so connected 
I guess, you know, I was observing my breath. I was observing the trees waving because of the wind. And I was also observing the lightning bolts. And I was, I realized that the energy within me and the energy within these trees and the energy of the lightning is the same energy. And that, you know, at the beginning of the universe, there have only been you know three elements uh, which were helium hydrogen and lithium and because of the stars exploding we have other elements and everything that you see all of the trees and all of the people and the people that you hate the people that you love the animals everything is just a result of these exploding stars and we are all made up of the same things, the same elements. And I find something very calming in that. And every kind of problem that I feel is so much smaller when I think about, you know, the vastness of the universe and the lightnings in the sky and the storm that without you know my house could actually kill me and I know that I probably should be afraid of that but I just find so much comfort in that so thank you so much for listening to this episode and for listening to my insight I love you so much you can always text me on our instagram which is at beingbetter.pod or you can email me using the address podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com. I always love your messages. Thank you so much again and I will speak to you very, very soon. edited and produced by Julia Spohr. If you want to learn more, visit the website attached in the episode description or visit our Instagram page, which you can also find in the episode description, or you can search just being better podcast. If you want to support the show, there are a couple of ways to do that. The first one is just to tell your friends and your family about the podcast and tell them why you enjoy listening to the podcast and why they too will enjoy listening to it. Another way to support us is to write a review, rate and subscribe to the podcast because that helps new listeners find the show as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I will speak to you very, very soon.